Hey team, welcome back to the show. Today it is Coach Andrew and I once again, and we are going to be getting into a topic podcast today, really taking a deep dive into what phase of nutrition should you move to next or what phase of nutrition should you start in. But before we get into that, Andrea, fill us in. What has been going on with you the last week? Um, yeah, not I'm I sort of say not too much. I guess it, it's been somewhat busy just because, you know, like the last week of school, there's stuff going on all the time over at the school for parents in the middle of the day. <laughs> so like um, field day, volunteered for that. Um, Tate's had like a kindergarten celebration thing. And then they're, they're like serving lemonade and stuff over there. So there's like stuff to send over. And I did not volunteer for that, but just a busy, um, busy last week of school with all of that stuff. As far as diet and training. Um, there really hasn't been any change since last time we talked about it. So like my weight has stayed the same. My targets have stayed the same. Um, pretty much everything is just exactly where it was. I don't have like a lot of exciting updates there. Um, just holding steady, trying to be patient, (laughs) just like I tell all my clients much easier for the outside eye for me as a, as a coach to talk my clients through that versus myself. But yeah, everything's, everything I feel like is going well. I I feel like, I mean, this is, I don't know, kind of like a, uh, this is so unscientific, but like, I I feel like I'm in a deficit. Like I'm, I'm walking Mm -hmm. about 15,000 steps a day. My nutrition has been really well controlled. Um, I'm feeling hunger sometimes throughout the day. I feel like it's probably just a matter of like, digestion and water weight and that is going to fluctuate at some point soon and I'll see a drop. So hopefully when we catch up on the next week's podcast I'll have news there. But so far everything is just held steady. I have my fingers crossed for you as well. But I, <laughs> I agree. You can I think especially when you have a decent amount of experience dieting, you can really tell like when you're in a deficit or not. Um that's like same thing for like my mini cut this last week, which I'll talk about in just a moment. But uh I'm uh, fingers crossed for you that we see things moving a little bit quicker this coming week. Um, but it sounds like like no adjustments really have been made there. No, I was just coming off being sick. Um, Mm -hmm. just like also ovulation in my cycle, like that, that can tend to, um, cause some Mm -hmm. bloat and just cause the scale to hold for a little bit. And, um, so because of that, there was just too many variables and, I, I trust that he probably thinks kind of this along the same lines as what I was just saying, where like, Mm -hmm. we're probably just going to see a shift in some things with water weight and digestion and in the next few days and, and see it drop. Okay. Absolutely. My, my weight, it kind of spiked up a bit for a couple Mm -hmm. of days and then came right back down to where I've been holding. And so, because I'm still at that number, I haven't like trended up or anything like that. Um, I imagine that I'm just right on the edge of that next drop, just like I was last time, whenever I was starting to think like, oh man, nothing's happening. And then all of a sudden I dropped down a couple pounds. Okay. Yeah. It's, but it sounds like like the way you like lose in this phase has been different than previous fat loss phases where it's more like losing in a big drop. Yeah. And I don't know why that would be the case. Um, my, I think all the variables are more controlled through this diet than they ever have been before. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's, you know, like the, 
I think it's a Lyle McDonald thing, the squishy fat theory or whatever he calls it, where where it's like you're losing body fat. So imagine like a fat cell and it's full of body fat, but then the fat cell starts to drain, but water kind of backfills it. And so you don't really see any shift in your weight. And then all of a sudden the water weight flushes out and you see a drop on the scale, like the whoosh on the scale. I've I'm going to look this up and, super and send this to you. <laughs> okay. Um, so I don't know if that's maybe like what I'm experiencing, but yeah, I mean, last time I saw like just hold, 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 and then no adjustments, no changes in diet. And it all of a sudden dropped down. So, I mean, unless I'm just truly stuck at a plateau, then I imagine that's what's going to happen this time too. But yeah, in the past I've seen more like, of course, like I've never, and no, no one can ever expect to see it just linearly go down just like 0.2 pounds every single day. That's never going to happen. But I do feel like in the past, it hasn't been this pattern of like hold and drop, which I don't even know if I can call that a pattern for myself yet. Cause so far it's one time, <laughs> yeah. but you know, it's just, it's a little bit different. I'm interested to see how it plays out with a little bit more time, but I'm glad to hear that you are feeling patient with the process at <laughs> least, or at least trying to be. Yeah. Um, quotes. From my end, what we started on mini cut last week and we weren't, I think I mentioned I was like, we didn't get overly aggressive week one, um, which Brandon just essentially wanted to see like, last time we would work together i had i was at a pretty similar weight when i started but not last time we worked together but in our last fat loss phase because we'd of course been working together since then um we were a lot more aggressive at the start then but he just wanted to basically see like then with me dieting versus now i had already been dieting for a good amount of time when i started working with him versus now um kind of just coming into this after like building a lot more food if there was like any metabolic adaptation present and if i could diet on higher calories so like last week, what we kept steps at 12K, we just pulled back to, I think I was eating like 3000 calories on, I was eating 3000 calories on all training days. I was at like 2,500 still on my rest days even. Uh, no, maybe that maybe it was like 22 to 2300. Actually, I think it was like 2300 on my rest days. And then I still had one higher calorie day at 3750 where he wanted me to like continue to like go like have a more flexible day um with katie and things like that and then just like 10 minutes of cardio every morning which is counted in my step goal so really we saw like i think my average weight went from 203.2 to 201.9 and that's what i was like i i can just tell like i'm more or less and this is kind of what i expected with those adjustments like i'm probably just gonna see myself maintain um this week so because really, I would say like that's not even like what I would expect with like the glycogen and a water weight loss at like 1.3 pounds on average that I lost. So, um, as of yesterday, because my check-ins are on Wednesdays, we got quite a bit more aggressive. We got a lot more aggressive actually, where it was kind of like okay, so we kind of assess where we're at, and now we're really like pushing the pedal to the floor. So now we've dropped like. Um, we removed that flexible high day, which I was actually happy with. I would rather just like not feel like I have to mess around with stuff like that and just like, okay, I'm just going to follow the meal plan and get this done in like the next three to four weeks. So, um, hold my training days back to, uh, 2,500 actually my rest days back to, I think I'm at like 1900 and then, um, bump steps up to 14 and a half K instead of 12 K and increase my cardio to 20 minutes on my training days and 30 minutes on my rest days. So we like 
made a lot of big changes, which I'm I'm honestly very excited about because it's like we're in a mini cut. Let's just get it done with. Yeah. Um. So. Do those I'm still excited. count toward your step goal? Yeah, those do count towards my step goal, which is so which I go ahead. Is the purpose of that just to get your heart rate up a bit more? Like, what yeah. is the okay? So, yeah, are, so are you burning? Are you just liberating more fat storage because it is first thing in the morning using some euhembine, I assume, and that's the reason for it? Because it seems like if steps were equal, that wouldn't make a huge shift. It's just in that I'm intentionally keeping my heart rate at 120 to 130 beats per minute, which is, of course, like a lot different pace than I typically walk at. Like when I try to do it on my walking pad under my desk, it's like I basically have to be running because it doesn't incline. Um, So there it's like per unit of time invested, I'm just burning more calories. And it's like we do have like, hey, when you can do it fasted with your him being, but it doesn't have to be fasted every morning. So. So uh, it's like, it's fasted part of the week, but it's not every day of the week because sometimes it's like, I just need to eat my pre-workout meal and be able to train and not like wait an hour before I like even get started with all these things so I can get to work. But, um, yeah, that's, so we've gotten a lot more aggressive and, um, already this morning, actually, I saw what 199 for the first time, which is, so I'm, I'm excited to see like the changes we'll see over the next couple of weeks here, but um, and then from there, what well, I got a Smith machine, which I know we talked about a couple of weeks ago, which I was <laughs> just an apartment complex that was, I got my second Smith machine as I've already had sold and bought a new Smith machine now, but just an apartment <laughs> complex was literally just going to like throw it away. And it's a nice Ibex one too. So crazy. Um, but yeah, that is basically it from my end. Anything else before we get into the topic here? Yeah. How did you get that to your house? So it was like a contractor that was redoing an apartment gym and they told the contractors like, Hey, just, we don't want to deal with this. Just throw it away. And they were like, well, we're of course going to sell it. So they had like pulled it (laughs) apart. Um, it was actually, it was kind of a pain to put together, but at the same time, I like thought a Smith was going to be harder to put together than it was. So, um, it was like all deconstructed. I just rented a U-Haul. Anytime I go like get equipment, I just like rent a U-Haul and just go pick it up, which is also a huge pain in the ass, but um, it is what it is. So work okay, out. Well. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> cool. All right. So to get into our topic today, again, we're going to be discussing what phase of nutrition should you start in or what phase of nutrition should you move into next? Because really we talk a lot about all these different phases of nutrition we move through with our clients, which does often lead to the question. Okay. So how do I know if I should start in like a fat loss phase, a building phase, a maintenance phase? Like, how do we decide which of these phases we should start in. So really here, um, to keep it simple, I don't think we need to dig into like health phases, many cuts, things like that. Let's talk through five different phases or basically five different options you could either start in or take on as your next phase. So we could enter a building phase. We could enter a fat loss phase. We could enter a body recomposition phase. We could enter a reverse diet or we could enter a maintenance phase. So let's just start like all kind of I'll start by introducing like the building phase and kind of giving like the basic goals that we're trying to accomplish within that. And then like we can kind of go back and forth with the phases. And we'll also, of course, talk through like what we think are see as the pros and cons and like things we're looking for to identify like when a client might start in this phase. So um a building phase, again, this is something we talk about a lot. A building phase, the goal here is we do want to see you in a slight calorie surplus. So your calorie intake should be slightly over maintenance. 
Um, and here our goal is maximizing muscle growth. It is not like trying to stay as lean as possible. It's definitely not losing body fat. It is making sure we're doing an incredible job fueling performance. So within this, we are focused again on making sure that we are eating slightly over your maintenance intake. That is going to be the most awful, the most advantageous position for us to build muscle. Um, muscle protein synthesis will be slightly elevated when we are in a surplus. Um, we'll have a plethora, we'll have plenty of food to make sure that your energy levels are in a good place. We'll have plenty of food, which is a primary, uh, recovery resource, right? So within that, um, the goal is to get, again, just fueling, fueling hard training and adding muscle tissue to your frame. Um, and within this, we're typically, again, we do want to see a slow rate of gain over time. Like what that'll look like will vary from person to person. But again, we should see the scale slowly turning up over the course of the building phase. We want to see things like your logbook continue to progress. We want to see uh, your biofeedback, specifically things like your sleep quality, your recovery, um, your motivation to train. We want to see all of those consistently in a good place. And again, a building phase can really be a phase where you can't add a lot of tissue to your frame and your next fat loss phase, especially if you've never gone through a proper building phase before, you can see some massive changes in your physique. Like I know you just posted Janae's progress so far where she's been in the building phase since November. And it's crazy how much her physique has changed due to just adding some muscle. So um, incredible to see. Uh, and this is again, like something that I think a phase that a lot of people are missing. So from there, um, to get you dig into some pros and cons, a few of the pros, you will be in the most optimal position to add muscle tissue and see significant strength gains. Um, you'll have better training performance and more energy throughout the day. You'll also get to eat the most food in this phase and we'll have a larger amount of diet flexibility and food flexibility. So people will like, this is a situation where we'll often implement things like free meals or untracked meals. Right. And as a whole, it's just a good way to kind of help get people out of that dieting mindset. Whereas feeling like I always have to restrict even like can give, I still recommend tracking the large majority of your week in a building phase. But again, a thing like a free meal or a couple of free meals can be a good mental break from always feeling like we have to uh, track things. And then alongside that clients will get a nice, uh, or will kind of get to practice detaching their self-worth and even their confidence in their physique from their scale weight. Right. And even some good, a good time to learn like, Hey, the scale increasing doesn't necessarily mean my physique is changing for the worse. A few cons. Um, you likely will see some, gain some body fat. I don't know if I necessarily reframe that as a con, but it's just something to be aware of. Like mentally, it can be challenging. Of course, if we take that too far, it can be detrimental physically as well. Um, seeing visual changes in a building phase does take longer as building muscle is a slower process than fat loss. So I really like the analogy of like, Hey, fat loss is kind of like biking downhill. Building muscle is kind of like biking uphill, right? Where in a month of fat loss done well, we can see some pretty big changes. You can be considerably leaner. In a month of building done well, unless you're like brand new to this, it's going to be like, did anything happen here? And then we're basically just looking at logbook progression. Did you get stronger? Were we consistently experiencing good pumps, good disruption during that time? And that's really like all we have to base it off of. It has to be from both a coaching perspective and a client perspective, we very much have to be willing to like look at the macro and look at months and months worth of data and progress to really actually see how much progress you made. And a lot of times you don't truly see all the progress you made until you go through that subsequent building phase. And then it's like, hey, at the same weight, you were clearly so much leaner and so much more muscular than the last time we went through this phase. <clears throat> um, but again, you'll have to deal with feeling fluffier and seeing the scale go up in a building phase can be a scary thing, um, which is also what 
typically like why people sabotage themselves. And oftentimes people don't have a successful building phase. Like if they try to do it on their own until they work through a building phase with a coach. So um, anything to add there before we dig into like what we're typically looking for when a client starts a building phase or like what, what, what might be good signs for a client to start a building phase? Um, so you want me to run through how, how to know if they should start in one? Just anything to add on that before we get into like why, when or why you might start a building phase? Uh, no, I think you covered that really well. Okay. Okay. So let's get into like a couple of things I'm looking for to start a building phase and then we can chat through like anything you're looking for and anything that you think I missed. So I would say first, um, I want to make sure that the client has is doing a good job with both their training intensity and their execution. I think this is one of the most important variables. We talked about this on our one of our more recent podcasts as well, um, where people oftentimes think just like, I will talk to a lot of people on the phone who will like, hey, I went through a building phase, but I feel like I just gained fat. I didn't make much progress. And then it's like, okay, well, what was your training like? And it was like, well, I did the Peloton and I like did some orange theory. And it's like, hey, we're going to be missing the stimulus we actually need to build muscle, right? It's not just eat more calories and build more muscle. The calories are just more permissive to muscle growth, but the training stimulus is going to be the most important thing. So making sure like before we push a client into a building phase, and oftentimes this is something that does take a decent amount of time to learn, um, making sure like, are they truly good? Does this tr- client truly have the skill of training very close to failure, if not to failure and maintaining technique throughout that? And like also understanding how to execute these movements. Well, that's one stipulation. Like before we enter a building phase, we want to make sure that's in place because otherwise those excess calories won't be driving more muscle growth as much as they'll probably just be driving more fat gain. Um, another thing we could be looking for is, and so again, like keep in mind, like all my next stipulations are going to be making sure that we first have that in place, right? No matter what, like if we don't have that in place, I'm probably going to start someone in a maintenance phase or a different phase versus a building phase. Uh, someone who doesn't have much body fat on their frame, but still doesn't have the physique they want. So this could be someone like, Hey, maybe I'm at the end of the diet. And I feel like I just look kind of skinny now. I don't have like that shape and definition that I want. That's a good sign. Hey, we probably need to build more muscle. Um, and typically like from a body fat perspective, men between approximately eight to 15% body fat, um, women typically between, I would say like 18 to 26% body fat. There's like a very fine line here where again, and really I would say like starting from a leaner position isn't necessarily, and that would just be more like a recovery diet or a health diet, uh, like a health phase rather than like us hopping right into a building phase. Because really like when we're too lean, our body is going to preferentially um, regain fat tissue or add fat tissue versus muscle tissue to just get us back to a healthy place because body fat and health are very much tied together. But similarly, if we um, have too much body fat on our frame, again, we will be in this place where those extra calories will likely just lead to more fat gain versus muscle gain. So there is kind of this window that we need to be in. So for most people, that means, hey, we're not shredded, but we're like at a lean, healthy place. But also, hey, we have room to add a bit more body fat. Because similarly, like if we take on a client and it's like, hey, I want to build, but it's like, hey, we are going to gain some body fat here. We don't have more than like a two to three month window for you to continue to gain body fat before we'll be at the point where, okay, for health and just for you to feel good in your physique, like we're going to need to cut again, then, Hey, we might actually start with a fat loss phase so that we can set you up with a longer runway in the future for more productive building. Um, anything to add to all of that? Uh, again, I think you covered that really well. <laughs> okay, cool. So, um, do you want to get into fat loss phases? 
Yes. Um, one, one other thing on, on building phases, did you touch on, um, like just seeing effort and execution on movements? Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. Heard for me to stay focused. (laughs) Okay. So, um, as far as getting into a fat loss phase, so newer trainees with a decent amount of body fat or those that are detrained as in like they used to train, but they haven't in a while, um, are still going to be able to add a good amount of muscle tissue during, um, the fat loss phase. So, um, that means that the, the clients that have been, I'm sorry, I'm getting, can we like, Okay. So as far as fat loss phases, what we're looking for is, um, typically about a half to 1% body fat loss per week. Um, that doesn't always happen every single week. Like it's okay to extrapolate that out over time, but, um, usually that 0.5 to 1% loss per week is a pretty good, um, benchmark for like, Hey, we're losing it enough to keep someone interested in the process, but also not so much that we're risking losing lean tissue. Um, so that's about what we're looking for. Um, someone that might want to get into a fat loss phase or someone that we would put into a fat loss phase right away after their first primer phase, just to make sure that everything looks good. Um, is someone who, like you said, on the, flip side of the building phase is not really comfortable in their body just yet as far as their body fat percentage. So they're not going to want to go into a building phase because they're already at a level where like if they gain any body fat, um, they're going to be more uncomfortable. Um, aside from that, just someone who is going to see an improvement of health through, um, losing some body fat, will put them into a deficit. Um, and then alongside that, um, someone who already has a good amount of muscle tissue and, um, just wants to get leaner. And so, uh, especially like if somebody has been in a maintenance phase or building phase for a while, um, they're already going to be in a good position to get into a fat loss phase and see really good progress there. Um, if someone is newer to training also, and they get into a fat loss phase, a lot of times we'll see um, some body comp shifts. So like a little bit of muscle built even in the deficit. So that is another good uh, person to get into a fat loss phase, just because um, like if they're on that line where it's like, I, I want to do both. I want to build some muscle, but I also want to get leaner. And like my primary thing is getting leaner um, and they're doing they training. Sorry then they will um, be able to sort of do a little bit of both at the same time at the beginning. So that person, um, I'll tip more toward the fat loss phase. Um, So as far as the pros and cons of getting into a fat loss phase, um, one is they're going to look and feel leaner, which is a lot of people that come to us. That's their primary goal. Um, so, I mean, it's always fun to feel leaner and, and you see pretty rapid progress compared to building. You're going to see um, like changes week to week in measurements and changes week to week in the scale. So it it is like a fun phase to be in um, and because you can see that, that really quick feedback. Um, if a client is higher body fat percentage and they can improve their health. That's going to be a big pro um, of getting into that fat loss phase. 
Um, and then um, on the flip side, cons of a fat, of a fat loss phase, um, it's not going to be the best situation for muscle growth. So even though I said like newer trainees, they're going to be able to see a little bit of muscle growth. It's still not going to be ideal because you don't have that recovery resource from the additional food and your muscle protein synthesis is a bit decreased because of being in a fat loss phase. So ideally, if you're if your primary goal is to build muscle, the fat loss phase is um, not going to be the place to do that. Um, and then if somebody is more with that, like skinny, um, like the skinny fat look, which is such a weird term to say, but it really is like, everybody knows what you mean whenever you say that, can't believe you um, said that. <laughs> I know canceled, um, then they're probably going to see a bigger shift in their look by getting into a build phase. Um, so that that's another like downside is you're not going to maximize the the building aspect mm-hmm. of things. Um, also just, you know, you don't have as much food flexibility. You have the hunger side of things. Um, if you stay in a fat loss phase for too long, you start to see detriments to health just from like the hormonal aspect of things, energy, biofeedback starts to, um, kind of go South if you stay in it for too long. Um, so there are some detriments to being in a fat loss phase. Whenever I'm laying this out for clients and they're kind of like suffering with getting out of fat loss and going into a maintenance phase or a build, um, I'll say like, Hey, look at the pros of fat loss and the cons of fat loss. The pros are like all the things I just listed. I won't go through it again, but like there's a very short list of pros here and a pretty long list of cons, especially because we've been in this for so long and look at the pros and cons of getting out of this and doing something different. The only con is like, you're not going to feel as lean for a while. So there's just, there's of course, like it is that fun, immediate gratification phase, but there are um, a lot of, of upsides to getting out of it and doing some other things um, through periodization as well. Do you have yeah. anything to add there before I move on to? Um, how to know? No, you can go ahead and hop in how, how to know. Okay. So how to know if your client should start in a fat loss phase. Um, number one being if the client is in a higher body fat percentage. So that's going to be about 18 to 20% for men, 30 plus percent for women. Now, given that I also don't check body fat percentages and there's not great reliable ways to do that. So, um, I'll usually just go off of look and feel. So just like asking the client some questions about how comfortable they are. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that being said, just if they're at a higher body fat percentage, um, the client already has a decent amount of muscle mass. So like we talked about before, you at the beginning can gain quite a bit, but then once you've been experienced for a while, that rate of gain slows down. So if you are at that point where the gains start to slow down and you have that higher body fat percentage, then you'd be better off starting on the fat loss phase versus anything else. And, um, anybody that has not lost a significant amount of weight recently. So if somebody is coming to us and they're like, yeah, over these last um, few months I've lost 30 pounds and my ultimate goal is to get leaner. Like, that's great. We're still going to keep that the ultimate goal, but for right now, the fat loss phase, isn't the right 
place for you. But if you haven't um, lost a lot of weight recently, or you've spent a considerable amount of time in maintenance or a build, then that's a great place to start. Um, And then the client is consistently starting to feel lethargic after meals, um, losing pumps in the gym, or fasted blood glucose is higher. And these are just all signs that the insulin sensitivity isn't where it needs to be. So like that P ratio of like we're eating food and a good percentage of it is going toward building muscle versus circulating blood glucose or adding to body fat. Um, that's, that starts to get worse as these, um, symptoms come in. Okay, cool. Yeah. And that's like more specific to probably someone who is in a building phase or even like, Hey, we start and like, yeah, maybe we're seeing these symptoms. So like this will improve our ability to build muscle. Um, yeah, past that, I think like I'm looking for, like, if we're not, we might not want to start in a, uh, fat loss phase, like from a biofeedback perspective, if we're seeing like, Hey, already, like your digestion is in a poor place. Um, hunger is already extremely high and we're not necessarily even trying to diet yet. Um, we're really struggling to adhere to like these macros. You're struggling with consistency with hitting your macronutrient needs, your protein intake or whatever it might be like making sure all those things are in place. Um, and really like, but again, like biofeedback is one of the biggest things. I think so many people like start coaching, wanting to diet, but it's like, Hey, you feel terrible all the time. You're already extremely low energy. Your sleep quality is terrible. Hunger is high. Our digestion isn't good. All these things are likely just going to be exacerbated more once we push you into like a fat, a fat loss phase. So we may need to just spend time at maintenance focusing on improving these things first. And similarly with the building phase, like that's one thing I should have touched on there before I push someone into a building phase, I want to make sure again, like, is your sleep good? Are your energy levels good? And is your digestion good? Those are three big ones that I focus on for a building phase, because if we're not actually digesting, like so many people, it'll be like, man, like when I push calories, everything like just, or like when I'm eating, like everything just kind of runs straight through me. We're okay. In that situation, you're not actually absorbing and assimilating and using those nutrients. So we're probably going to struggle to recover because your body's not actually able to use so much of what we're taking in. So we need to fix this before we can productively build. Or if your sleep is terrible, we're going to have a hard time actually adding tissue because that's so much of like the recovery process. Um, okay, cool. Anything else to add there before we move on to body recomposition phases? Nope. Cool. Go ahead. All right. So body recomposition phases. So body recomposition is what literally everybody wants to lose fat and build muscle at the same time. Um, so while that does sound great and it is something that a lot of people are very capable of, what I'll say is I don't, think that like adjusting nutrition for like a body recomposition phase is typically a good idea, right? Typically I would either coach this like a fat loss phase, a building phase or a maintenance phase. And if someone is able to build muscle at the same time, great. Right. So, um, so again, like we will see like a newer client. So like if someone's coming from an F45 or like orange theory background, um, and it's like, Hey, I want to get leaner and I want to build muscle. I would like approach the nutrition the same way as I would the fat loss phase that we just talked about and just know like, Hey, with that new training stimulus, we're definitely going to build tissue or on the flip side, if we see like, Hey, maybe you're not ready. Like you're already very, very lean. We just need to add more muscle to your frame. Then like if we like a well-done maintenance phase or a slight surplus in a building phase, we'll be able to add a lot of muscle, um, without, we'll be able to add exponentially more muscle than body fat and thus 
ratio of muscle to body fat has improved and the person will look leaner. They'll have recomps. But really, like, I think that typically, like, people think of, and this is something I know we've talked about a lot with, like, hey, for body recomp specifically, I'm going to go in, like, a slightly less aggressive, I'm just going to, like, diet less aggressively than I normally would, or, like, be in a smaller surplus than I would be in a building phase. And I think that is, again, like, the problem most people run into is just, like, you see so much slower progress and it just, like, demotivates people to a large degree that I think it's generally like over time, I think we just make more progress if we're just okay with like, okay, I'm going to go through a fat loss phase. I'm going to, and rather than it being like, I spend 36 weeks in a deficit because I'm trying to like get a good recomp and like, maybe I'm making like 5% or really even then, like we're still in a deficit. We're not going to like, our rate of gain isn't going to be that much more just because we're in a slightly less aggressive deficit. Why not just get that done within 12 weeks and then like enter a building phase, right? That's more so how I would prefer because I think like over time, like the rate of muscle growth we'd see from that, you get leaner quicker and the rate of muscle growth we'd see after that would be much quicker. So, um, honestly, I don't know if we need to dig into the body recomposition phase much more than that. It's basically like we focus on the fat loss phase, the building phase, the maintenance phase, or maybe a reverse diet. And if you have the ability to add muscle alongside that, that'll happen. But it's kind of like a side product rather than like, yeah. this is something specific we do with nutrition. Anything else to add there? No, I was going to say that same thing. It's almost like a nice benefit that sometimes mm-hmm. happens in a fat loss phase if, if conditions are right, but it's not really something that we're chasing with its own specific phase. Absolutely. Okay. So as far as reverse diets, what do you got for us there? Yeah. So as far as starting out in a reverse diet, unless someone has just finished up a fat loss phase and they come to us, this isn't really something that will start people off in often. Um, but it's definitely something that will go through, um, after a fat loss phase. So reverse dieting is just a process of bringing your calories up systematically to find your new maintenance, because as you diet and you lose weight, um, your, your BMR changes because your body is lighter and, um, your total daily energy expenditure tends to be lower. So now because that maintenance is always a moving target, but because that has changed from last time you were at maintenance, uh, if you bring them up in a systematic way versus just jump straight back up, you'll typically find that number easier without overshooting and gaining more body fat than you need to. Um, it also just helps control, um, like the, the, Sometimes the overeating that can happen after a fat loss phase, um, cause you still have these targets, you can stay a little bit, um, leaner, like the mental side of it is a little bit easier because you're not adding all that weight back on from the additional food volume and such all, all at one time. Um, as far as getting started in a fat loss phase or uh, sorry, in a reverse diet phase, um, this is something that I've done occasionally with people who have been under fueling for a significant amount of time. Mm-hmm. And even in that situation, a lot of times I won't start on a reverse diet. So it's really just specific cases. Um, but what we'll do um, then is I will set them at what I would imagine would be a, um, a, uh, what's the word I'm trying to look for here? Um, like a, not an aggressive deficit, right. <laughs> like a slight deficit, more right. of like a recomp type of number. Um, but that's not the goal here. And then from there, work their calories back up. So usually after a fat loss phase, we're aiming for like 
80 to 90% of an estimated maintenance and then working calories up. So I'll just be a little bit less aggressive with um, the starting number with these people who I'm starting a reverse diet. Um, And then from there, like we're also working on other aspects of the diet. Like we're making sure that the consistency is looking good and um, you're getting your micronutrients, you're hitting your macros really well. And then with all of those things dialed in and the number, like I said, consistency with, with that, what I mean is the weekends look very similar to the weekdays. Cause a lot of times that's part of the big problem is like we've underfueled so much during the week, but then weekends, a lot of times we're like going out to eat, um, and overeating to where your body is just not really responsive at what should be a deficit number, but you're also not losing you're not losing body fat, but like biofeedback is still in a bad place because you're under fueling. There's just um, a lot of problems that come along with that. So bringing calories back up, you'll start to see biofeedback is feeling so much better. Um, you are starting to get your hunger back because a lot of times hunger has just not been present for uh, these people that have been under fueling for a while because that's just like their norm. And those are signals, the biofeedback improvements and hunger coming back are signals that you're starting to um, be in a better place hormonally and your metabolism is starting to keep pace with the numbers, your target numbers coming up over time. So then if that person's ultimate goal is fat loss, what we'll do is reverse diet up, hold there for at least a couple months. And then from there, get into a deficit. And usually um, we can get into a place where numbers might look pretty similar to where they did before um, when they got started, but now we're seeing fat loss. And we've also developed those good habits along the way. Um, So as far as pros and cons of this, I would say pros is it's a it's a way for you to really control all the variables as you bring food back up. A lot of times if this person has been under fueling for a long time, um, maybe they don't digest a lot more food right away really well. Um, and so that can put them in a really uncomfortable position if you just jump them straight up to an estimated maintenance. Um they are starting to feel better. Like I'll, I'll, I mentioned all of the like biofeedback improvements, digestion improvements, and you just get them to a place where they are trusting that they can eat more food. Cause a lot of times people have been under eating for so long. They're like, no, this is my maintenance. I haven't been losing weight at this number. And so if I eat more, I'm going to gain weight. So if you do it systematically, they're trusting that their body can handle that food. Um, cons, I would say a lot of people just don't need this. (laughs) I would say most of the time with that under fueling overeating on the weekend situation, you can just get them up to an estimated maintenance and Mm -hmm. they're going to maintain just fine. They'll feel better and everything is like, just, just okay doing it that way. Um, so this is often just a, a way that things get drug out too long for the same result. Um, do you have anything to add there? Yeah, I would say like most of our outside of like the post diet period where again, like we're to, we're still trying to get people back to maintenance ASAP. Most of our like quote unquote reverse diets are actually maintenance phases where it's like, Hey, we're kind of still reverse dieting because your maintenance intake is slowly increasing over time. So thus we are working calories up. But again, like outside of like that post diet period, there's, I think there's very few scenarios where it's actually like 
our intention here is for this to be like a reverse diet rather than just like a maintenance phase. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Okay, cool. So finally, to wrap things up with the maintenance phase, um, maintenance phases are super versatile as really they're a good way for us to improve biofeedback, establish habits, build muscle. And in some cases, like use them as a way to frame a slight deficit while still keeping the uh, like framing a deficit as a maintenance phase can oftentimes be a good way to actually get somebody losing and like, oh, wow, I'm losing and I'm not even trying to lose. So that can be a very beneficial thing. Um, with maintenance phases, we can also remove the pressure the clients put on themselves by starting in a maintenance phase um, rather than like, hey, I have to see this X amount of loss per week um, and really set a good foundation for much more success in the future. And I really think for like mo- all but the most experienced clients, um, starting in a maintenance phase for at least a few weeks is a good idea. Um, I'd say this is where we start the most clients as it really best allows us to gauge how their body responds and really allows us to see like, what do you truly need to make progress, right? So maintenance phase doesn't sound very sexy, but again, we can see a lot of changes here. Like the goal is essentially for us to be at your calorie maintenance. So you shouldn't typically be gaining or losing any body fat during this time. We still want to see things like your biofeedback consistently improving. So working on any biofeedback markers that need improvement. Um, We want to make sure you're doing a good job fueling your training. We want to see things like digestion, sleep, hunger, energy levels, which of course are biofeedback markers all in a good place. Um, So to dig into some of the pros and the cons. Um, As far as the pros go, it does again allow us to establish foundational habits for success. It allows clients to be well-fueled and all but more advanced clients to actually build a decent amount of muscle without fat gain. So again, like as I was saying, a lot of times like when it's like, hey, from a training perspective, our execution and intensity aren't in place to actually like for us to need to enter a building phase. Clients like that, we might just hang out at maintenance for a while and we can oftentimes get a lot done in a maintenance phase. Um, Also allows clients to improve their relationship with food, scale, and body image, which I'm going to dig into all that a little bit more in just a moment, um, allows us to address biofeedback issues without additional noise like we'd have from fat loss or building phases. It allows clients to recover physiologically and psychologically from dieting. So again, more similar to what we just talked about with the reverse diet. And it really allows clients to practice the skill of maintenance, which is crucial to keeping results long-term. And again, I want to dig into all this a little bit more in depth. I would really say like the only cons here are A, is not as exciting to most clients as like a fat loss phase. So it does oftentimes require more motivation and that's like setting more goals outside of like just how are you seeing your body change. And for more intermediate to advanced clients, muscle gain will be slow here. So like for a more like for someone who has consistently been training hard and executing well, we're not going to build as much muscle as maintenance at maintenance as we would in like a true building phase. So um some size I would look for as far as like, should we start our client in a maintenance phase? First, we just don't know what phase we should actually start the client in. Um, because again, like we can hop on a call with clients. We can work through the questionnaire and look at movement screens and things like that. But the reality is we don't actually know how your body will respond until we're actually coaching you. So it's a kind of a good way for us to like, hey, let's see what your body does with what I estimate to be your maintenance. Let's see how you feel within your training, what our progress is like there, how your physique is changing or not changing. And then after a week or two, like us looking at those things, plus your biofeedback, we'll have a much better idea of what makes sense as far as the next phase. Um, Again, if someone recently lost a large amount of their body weight, this would be, it would be a good idea to spend some time 
kind of establishing this as their body's new settling point, especially for someone who has struggled to maintain the results in the past, like post diet, a decent length maintenance phase is a good idea, right? Because it allows us to really like, okay, now that we've achieved the thing, can we actually keep the thing, right? Because a lot of people lost weight, very much people struggle to often maintain body fat loss. So this is a time where we can kind of from both a physiological, but just as much like a psychological perspective, cement this as your new normal and make sure you're really good at being able to keep this result long-term. Um, another good sign to start in a maintenance phase would be someone who has been attempting to diet for a long time, um, but has really been struggling to do so. So you touched on that like um, overeating, but under fueling scenario where it's like, hey, we're maybe under eating all week. Um, and overeating on the weekends or undereating all day, overeating at night, but because we're undereating through most of the week or through most of our day, we're like struggling in our training, our training performance isn't good, our recovery isn't good. So thus we don't build muscle, but also because we have these like periods of overeating, we're also not losing fat. So oftentimes, like ironically, just shifting to like a lower end of like what we perceive to be someone's maintenance actually may still be like a slight deficit, especially once we improve things like food quality. And then alongside that, when we get someone fueling themselves much better in their training and eating more earlier in the day and trading harder and recovering better, we will ironically, like oftentimes when it's like, hey, we frame this as a maintenance phase, oftentimes there, that's when we will see like, oh, wow, we are seeing good fat loss here. And um, we are probably seeing some pretty decent body recomposition, but it's like a mentally cool thing where it's like, oh shit, like now I'm not even trying to lose weight and I'm losing weight. So that's it's not magic, like it's, but it can be a very cool thing for a client to experience. Um, someone who doesn't have the foundational nutritional skills needed to be successful in the other phases. Um, really, maintenance is the easiest phase to learn things like, okay, how do I improve my food quality, uh, get adequate fiber, get adequate protein, um, and consistently hit these targets. And this is a good way to like kind of, hey, we want to prove and make sure you have these things in place before we just put you in a fat loss phase or a building phase. Because if those things aren't in place in those phases, they won't go well. It'll just be a frustrating experience for you and you won't see the progress you want. So we need to set you up for success before we kind of just push the pedal to the metal. Um, someone who wants to build muscle again, and I've already kind of touched on this, but again, like we could use this as a form of a building phase. If it's like, Hey, the intensity and execution isn't quite there yet. Um, and again, we're really focusing on if we really need to focus on improving biofeedback, right? So like Brandon DeCruz, who's been on the podcast many, many times, always says a healthy body is a responsive body. So before we push into any of these other phases, we'll often see like, hey, again, digestion is poor or like, hey, maybe your menstrual cycle has been inconsistent or it's like been missing or we're in a place where again, like maybe you're transitioning off of the pill or something of that nature. Like here, we want to make sure we're focusing on, okay, are we back to a healthy place consistently? Before we push you into, into any of those other phases, because ma maintenance is just about like, oftentimes our body has drifted away from what its healthy homeostasis is through like your previous attempts at fat loss and or building, right? So maintenance, and then like, as we drift further from that homeostasis, oftentimes we're like in a less healthy and thus less responsive place. So maintenance is just a period of time where we're focusing on, okay, what do we need to do to kind of restore that homeostasis? So then when we enter that future phase, we can get much better results. Um, and then finally, someone who needs to improve their relationship with food, the scale, or something of that nature before being able to successfully take on another phase, right? So this can mean like, hey, maybe this client would ideally 
take on a building phase, but the idea of like eating more and seeing the scale go up for them in itself is a scary thing, right? So let's start with a maintenance phase rather than a building phase. It's kind of a more gentler transition into eating more food, but also then just work on like, hey, even like at maintenance, look at how the scale fluctuates, look at how measurements fluctuate. But again, when we're just consistent over time, everything evens out, we're able to maintain here, right? And again, just being okay with the idea of like, hey, you're eating more food, but see how we're not like suddenly piling on all this body fat. Look at how much better you feel within your training. Look how we're seeing your body composition shift. So really it can be a good way for us to kind of just restore, I don't know if restore is the right word, but like focus on like your relationship with the food, with food, with the scale and things of that nature. Anything else to add as far as the maintenance phases go? Yeah, I think it's um, kind of like a rest time. We're always pushing our bodies in one direction or the other whenever you want to see progress. So like we're Mm -hmm. pushing for fat loss. And I think people a lot of times don't see a build phase as a push, but it really is like you're training a lot harder. You're pushing your, your digestion with eating more food. So maintenance is really where your body gets to just kind of like chill at homeostasis for a while and think about it as like, any, any other aspect of periodization within like this bodybuilding style of eating and training, like you take deloads, you take rest days and maintenance phases are kind of like that aspect of the period of uh, nutrition periodization. So it is an important thing to include. Absolutely. Okay, cool. So as far as the phases go, I mean, I think that was a pretty good summary. Um, you have anything else to add or are you good to wrap it up here? I think that I'm good to wrap it up. Okay, perfect. Well, hopefully this was helpful. Let us know if you enjoy these more topic-centered podcasts. Also, if you have questions for us that you want answered in our next Q&A episodes, there will now be linked up in the show notes a form where you can just drop your questions there um, to make it a little bit easier versus us just putting out the Instagram boxes every week. So if there are like, any questions about this episode that you want us to answer on our next Q&A podcast, We want this to be as helpful and valuable for you as possible. So just click the link in the show notes. Um, It'll say basically ask us questions for our next Q&A podcast here. We should Um, add that in our bios too on Instagram. I'll add that. That's a good idea. Yeah, I I will as well. I'll send you the link for that right after this. But And then from there, um, if you find the show helpful, just do us a huge favor. Leave us a five-star rating and review. And similarly, if you want to apply to work with our team, also in the show notes, just hit the link to the coaching application link and we will hop on a call and talk through if we feel like it's a good fit. But that is what we have for y'all for this week and we will catch you guys next time.